Good morning to everybody. Good morning to our listeners on T102. Glad to have you with us this morning. A few announcements to highlight here just before we get started. I just got a new list, so I've got to go through this. Roses on the, on the altar this morning are in uh, celebration of wedding anniversaries. Wayne and Nancy Bumbar, 57 years on July the 16th. Way to go, Wayne! Nancy, take the day off. All right, she'll be here later. Okay, and another wedding uh, anniversary, Daryl and Mary Cook, they're celebrating 53 years on July the 18th. Now, an announcement that uh, wasn't in your bulletin. Congratulations to Jessica and Danny Nielsen on their birth of Nora, who was born yesterday. If you don't know who that is, their grandparents are John and Deb Kennery. The great-grandparents are old Bob and Pat Snyder, right back there in the front row. So congratulations. I want to welcome Mr. Dylan Robbins here, our guest pianist for the day. Wave to the crowd. Senior at Salina High School, glad to have him. He's been here before. He always does an excellent job. Okay, now real quickly here, uh, Agape Project Service Project will take place this Wednesday. Uh, this is July the 19th at 7 o'clock. We're going to go pack bags for Ogilvy's County uh, children who need meals and stuff. That will be at the Agape Client Service Building, which is directly west of the Agape Retail Store. So if you don't know where the building is, know where Agape is, and you're real close. Also, this Friday night, the 21st, we'll be showing a movie over here next door in the Ministry Center, the title, I think, is in the bulletin, or, yeah, in the, uh, yeah, in our bulletin. And this will start at 8.30. Popcorn and lemonade will be provided. Children under six do need an adult for supervision. Also, we're going to start a class for new members this fall. So if you, you yourself, or you know of anyone, whether all of those who are listening also on the radio, if you are in need of a church or know someone who is in need of a church, Here's a good place to start. So let the office know. They'll get in contact with Pastor Joel, and they will start this class later on, and then you can become a member of First Church this fall. Also, the uh, Youth Summer Bible Studies starts this Tuesday. The rest of the information is right there in the, in the bulletin. Okay, I believe that rounds out all of our announcements. If you would, please, please rise. Join me in the call to worship. This will be coming from Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praises will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. That's from Psalm 34. Okay, if you would, please remain standing, and we will sing number 8. Praise the Lord, the Almighty.
Okay, now while the children come up here for our special music, take a moment. Maria's already on her way up here. If there's any other children that want to come forward for children's chat, you can do so at this time. You guys just can grab a seat right here around Maria. All right. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? You guys did an awesome job of singing. I'm very proud of you. Well, this morning, our scripture reading is about a part of our body that gets us into a lot of trouble. Do you know what part of our body gets us into the most trouble? Connor? Nope. Right here. This thing right here? Your tongue. Your tongue can get you into a lot of trouble. I want you to think about that for a minute. How does your tongue get you into trouble? By talking. Yeah, by talking. Hmm. Do we ever talk when we're not supposed to be talking? I didn't think an Opperman girl would ever talk when they weren't supposed to. What about the things that we say? Do they ever get us in trouble? Yeah, sometimes they do. Well, you know what? When we say something, sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's not. And this piece of paper today that I have here, we're going to pretend like it's words that come off of our tongue. Okay? And sometimes they can be nice words and sometimes they can be mean words. And you know what? 
It's kind of like this flame on this piece of paper here. We really can't tell where it goes. We really don't know where it's going to be. And we don't know where it's going to end up. And who those words might hurt. Okay? Now, who lives in our heart? Just a minute. Who lives in our heart? Jesus does. So, this water that I have in here represents Jesus in the Holy Spirit. And when he is in our heart, okay, and we think before we speak, and we think about the words that we're going to say, look what happens. Look, is that flame getting on the part of the paper that has the water on it? No, that water like the Holy Spirit, stops those flames, those bad words from coming out. And so when we can control our tongue and we think about what we're going to say and make sure that they're words like Jesus would want us to use and not mean words, then when the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, it shows everybody how awesome Jesus is, that he lives in our heart. Okay, And so we need to think about that. When we're talking, are the words that we're saying nice words? Are they lifting somebody up? Are they complimenting them? Are they said in a nice way or are you kind of grumpy? When mom says, good morning, and you go, morning. Yeah, I get that sometimes at my house. You know, we need to think about those words that are coming out of our mouth because we want to make sure that they are words that lift Jesus up and show the world that Jesus lives in our hearts. And that's by how we how we say things. Okay, so if you would join with me and say a quick prayer, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these children this morning. Thank you for bringing them here to your house to learn more about you. Please be with us as we go out. And help us to remember that the words that we use reflect you. Help us to use those kind words and be positive as we go out this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Have a great day, guys. Killed this week in a KC-130 air tanker crash in Mississippi. Fifteen Marines and one sailor. Keep their family and friends in your prayers. Stationed at Stewart Air National Guard Base in New Borough, New York, Gunnery Sergeant Brandon C. Johnson, 46, from Chittenden, Vermont. Sergeant Julian M. Cavani. 31, from Dallas, Texas. Sergeant Owen J. Lennon, 26, from Rockland, New York. Corporal Daniel I. Balasari, 20, from Monmouth, New Jersey. Staff Sergeant Joshua M. Snowden, 31, from Dallas, Texas. Captain Sean E. Elliott, 30, from Orange, California. Major Kane M. Goyette, 41, <clears throat> excuse me, from Albany, New York. 
Gunnery Sergeant Mark A. Hopkins, 34, from Chesapeake, Virginia. Corporal Colin J. Schaff, 22, from Pierce, Washington. And from the Marine Raider Battalion at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, Staff Sergeant William J. Kundrat, 33, from Frederick, Maryland. Sergeant Joseph J. Murray, 26, from Duval, Florida. Sergeant Dietrich A. Schmeeman, 26, from Benton, Washington. Hospital Corpsman Second Class Ryan M. Lowry, 30, from Middletown, Indiana. Sergeant Chad E. Jensen, 25, from Los Angeles, California. Sergeant Talon R. Leach, 27, from Callaway, Missouri. Staff Sergeant Robert H. Cox, 28, from Ventura, California. Thank you, Jay. At uh, this time, before we go to the Lord in prayer, I'd like to invite forward the, the Germany mission trip team. Uh, we're going to uh, be heading to Germany this, this September uh, with uh, the 3C project, which is one of our mission projects that we support. Um, and so uh, we just wanted to take this time this morning and just actually I'll invite you to come up here, embarrass you a little bit more by making you come all the way up front. Um, but we're going to be heading to, to Germany uh, with this 3C project, and uh, just, we just want to take this opportunity to just let you see who the team is, uh, the team that, that we're sending as a church to go there, and, and uh, just share a little information with you, and, uh, and then ask for your prayer as well. Um, so uh, this is the group that's going. It's, it's everyone here plus Weston, uh, who couldn't be with us this morning. Um, and we're going to, like I said, work at the 3C project, which is one of our mission projects. Uh, what they're doing in Kusel, Germany, is they're creating a, uh, or building a, a ministry center, in a sense, um, that's going to be used by, by uh, churches in the area in order to train up and educate and to equip pastors and missionaries to then go from there all over Germany and share the gospel, uh, which is such a great thing. And it's, it's such a need, um, not only in Germany, around the world, of course, but in Germany in particular as well. Uh, when we often hear the word mission trip, we're thinking, we often think of places like South America or Africa or Asia or something like that. Uh, Europe, in particular Germany, is not usually what comes to mind when we talk about sending a mission team out there. And so some of you have may ask that question, why Germany? Why are we going there? Um, first, obviously, there's a mission there that we support, and so it's good to, to go and work alongside them as well. But uh, Germany as a whole, as well as, as Europe in general, um, has really entered into what, what we call a post-Christian society. Um, there's a lot of the majority of people in, in nations like Germany um, are well aware of the Christian faith, are familiar with it, but have no, uh, no significant connection to it uh, whatsoever. And so while the people of Germany may be more materially wealthy or materially well-off than some other places in the world, um, they, are, they are in fact spiritually poor and in need of Christ just like, just like we all are. And so there's a really good opportunity here in Germany to come alongside a group that we support and sponsor and to help them in their, in their mission to reach the people of Germany uh, for Christ. And so um, this group, or excuse me, this project can have such a lasting impact because uh, we'll be helping get the center ready that will then go out and train other pastors to go out and share the gospel as well, which is such an important thing. Um, and actually, they're already in the process of doing just that. They've been having groups like this come and, 
and help them along in this project for several years now. We had a small group that went last year, uh, as you all know. Uh, and, and they're actually, as the project is being completed, they're putting it right to use. Just in the last week or two, they had a group of 30 young adults and teens that were there that were being taught and trained that are now going out and sharing the gospel. So, so even now, there's already work being done, which is great to see. And we're just going to be going and kind of partnering with them and coming alongside them as well. Um, so in your bulletin, uh, near, the, near the end there, there's a little information. There's a couple pictures of the building that'll be, that, that's being built and being worked on. Um, we're still not exactly sure what we'll be doing. That's part of the nature of the project is as these groups come in, they complete a little bit here and do a little bit there. So for the most part, we probably won't know exactly what we're going to do until we get there, um, which is causing a little bit of anxiety on our end, <laughs> but, uh, but that's just part of the, the deal there. Um, and so you can see uh, there's just a little bit of information there um, that kind of goes along with what I just said. But on the right-hand side, you can see um, the, the cost of airfare is listed there, and that's something that we are uh, uh, supporting ourselves in. Um, uh, the, the cost of food and housing and transportation when we're in Germany is being taken care of. Thankfully, it's a blessing. Uh, the group there is going to be housing us and feeding us for the week. So that's a blessing. So what we're responsible for is the travel costs. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you can see that there. And so there's a few ways that you can help us out. And, and the first and foremost, and it's listed number one there, is please pray for us. The reason why I wanted to bring this group up here isn't to just show them off, but so that you could see their faces, so you can see who's going, and you can be praying for us. Uh, both now and while we're on the trip, we'd really, really appreciate that, first and foremost. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then beyond that, if you'd like to help us uh, with those travel costs, um, we would appreciate that as well. Um, there's two ways you can do that. You can simply just give a donation in the offering plate market for Germany mission trip, and Connie will uh, will make sure that goes into the fund that will that will contribute to the cost. A couple of you have already done that, and we are so thankful for it. Uh, but then also beyond that, um, on Sunday, August 6, we'll be having a fundraiser lunch after church here at the ministry center. Uh, we're going to be serving a a German style lunch, some brats and sauerkraut and things like that. Um, but the great thing about that day is Doug and Kathy McLean will actually be here who work at the project. They're going to share a little bit during the service, but then also share uh, during the lunch more about what, what happens at the project and the kind of ministry they do there. So if nothing else, come and hear that. That'll be a great thing. But if you're, but if you're able and willing, um, uh, any donation to help kind of cut some of those travel costs would be very much appreciated. Uh, I see this as the start of something new um, as a church. You know, we support our youth and doing mission trips every summer. They just got back from Steubenville. Uh, but sending a group of adults out is something relatively new and different. And so uh, I see this as an opportunity to start something new. Uh, there may be other opportunities in the future, not necessarily Germany, but other places. Uh, just in the last few months, we've had a couple of our missionaries say, yeah, we would love a group to come uh, support us. So, so looking forward into the future, I see this as a, something that I would love for First Church to get on board with and start doing more and more, sending these groups out to support the missionaries that we support financially. So, um, so yeah, this is the beginning of something new. And really, it's, it's living out that mission statement of being rooted in Christ, growing together and serving the world. Uh, going out and supporting missionaries like this is a way that we can serve the world. And, and the church is sending a group to do just that. So thank you for your support. Uh, thank you for your prayers. And, and as we pray now, I encourage you to continue to pray for this group that's, that's in front of you today. Let's pray together. 
Father, thank you so much uh, for each one of these individuals and for Weston as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Pray that you would bless them. Uh, help us to, to be, be ready for this trip, be ready for what you have in store for us. And Lord, I ask that you would, uh, you would prepare the way for this group, um, Lord, financially uh, as well and, and beyond that, and more importantly that, prepare our hearts and minds for the work that you'll have us do while we're there. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to serve you in this way by serving others. And, and I pray, Lord, not just for this group, but for this church as a whole, be able to find opportunities to do just that, both here in New Knoxville and around the world. Uh, thank you that you call us to serve. You call us to do just this, to share the love of Christ with everyone we meet and to be able to help people, Lord, with, a, with any physical needs they have as well. So I pray that you would uh, prepare, prepare this group, prepare the church for the work that you'll be doing uh, in Germany this, this fall as we travel, uh, travel there. Lord, we also lift up the, the other concerns that are on our hearts and minds this morning. Pray that you would be with uh, uh, all of the families of the servicemen who, and women who, who lost their lives this week, Lord. Uh, we never like to hear any names, much less uh, the number that we heard this morning. Uh, so we pray for your comfort and your peace to be with them as well. We pray, Lord, that you would provide exactly what it is we need. Uh, you encourage us, Lord, to, to look to you for our needs, uh, both physical and spiritual. And so we pray, Lord, that you would meet us exactly where we're at and help us each step of the way. We pray all these things in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, you all can uh, be seated, and I invite the ushers to come forward to, to receive the morning offering at this time.
seating. Sorry, please remain standing for our scripture reading this morning. It comes from the book of James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth came praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters... This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. If you would open your blue hymnal to number 76 for a thousand tongues to sing. As we open up his word together, I, I just want to encourage you and ask you to 
to pray for me this morning. Uh, as you could already tell, my voice is not very strong. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to preach yesterday because I didn't have a voice in the morning. So at least today I can speak and do a little bit better. But I just ask for your prayers as I, as I share, share from God's word this morning. Father, thank you uh, that you are you are here this morning, uh, just as every morning, Lord. Uh, thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and to worship you. And pray now that as we look at your word together, I pray that you would uh, give us insight into what you'd have us know uh, this morning. Open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us and strengthen my voice to be able to continue. In Christ we pray. Amen. You've all heard the, the phrase, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but right, words will never hurt me, right? Uh, I think whoever came up with that word, that phrase has never been hurt by the power of words, right? I think words often have such a such a power over us and, and have such a great impact on us, so much more than sticks and stones ever could, right? You get bruised, you get cut, those things heal. But oftentimes the the way that words impact us have a have a last much greater impact and much more lasting significance than than any physical injury ever could. Right? Words are just such a powerful thing. And they help and they they can be used, uh, I, I believe, for, for both good or evil. Right? Words are, are powerful in and of themselves, but it's what we do with them. Are we going to allow ourselves to, to tear each other down with our words? Uh, or are we going to allow ourselves to build each other up with our words? I think that's, that's the key question here in this passage. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. It starts off here, this passage from James chapter 3, as you just uh, heard read for you, uh, starts off with this admonition that, that not everyone should, should strive to be a teacher. And as a teacher and preacher, it's an interesting thing to come across that, that verse there and to stand up here and, and to share that with you, right? Not everybody should, should strive for that position. It's interesting that as I look back at my own life and how I, how I ended up here, um, I didn't always want to be here. <laughs> I felt like God was calling me to be a teacher, was calling me to be a pastor, I should say, uh, from, from my days in high school and in youth group, and I kind of avoided that for a little while. I, I, I pursued a different area, but, but eventually God brought me around and brought me here. And so, so um, words like this, passages like this that remind me of the significance and the responsibility of being a teacher, uh, they, 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 they stick out, I guess you should say. Um, people that, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, um, people that have the responsibility to share God's word with others, the responsibility to lead them in their faith and help people to grow. You know, we should not take that for granted, or we should not take that responsibility lightly. Um, and the reason I think that James lumps that 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 saying here alongside this passage about the power of words is because so often. What we do is, is we get up and we, we speak forth words from God. We speak forth messages from His Word. And there's, a, there's the danger in that is that we could speak from our own heart and our own mind instead of God's Word. Does that make sense? And so, so the danger there, it's, it's not saying that being a teacher is a bad thing. Right? I love what I do. I love getting up here every week and, and sharing a message from God's Word. But, but as I do, there's a very real... Um, sense of, uh, what's the right word, seriousness maybe, like gravity to the fact that, 
that I'm, I'm standing up here and, and teaching you from God's Word, and I want to make sure that what I say is in line with what is in His Word and not just from my own thoughts or my own, my own way, of, way of thinking or doing things. Does that make sense? And so uh, the, 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 we got to be careful. If you're, and, and it's not just for the role of pastor. It's, there's Sunday school teachers out here, right? There's, there's people, there's parents that are teaching their children. As we share and, and instruct people, in the faith, as we share about uh, God's word, uh, we have a responsibility to make sure we're doing so in a way that honors God and pleases him. And so the reason here I believe that, that James says that teachers will be judged more strictly is not because there's some like first class Christian, second class Christian kind of uh, uh, class distinction. Uh, we're all the same, but, but teachers have more of a responsibility or more of an opportunity, I should say, for words to to damage other people, right? I have a, uh, as I stand up here, I'm very aware of the fact that what I say can have a very strong impact, excuse me, strong impact on what you believe or what you think. And so that can be both a positive, great thing, which I hope it is most of the time, but it can also be a negative thing if I'm not careful. And so as teachers, we have that opportunity to, I guess, allow our tongues, allow our speech to make a negative impact even more. Uh, J- uh, Jesus in Luke chapter 12 says that from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. But from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. You see, teachers and, and people that are, are put in a position of authority, and, and I'm looking at you parents as well, because this applies to you and your children, I believe, as well, because we're told to instruct our children in the Lord. We have that responsibility to, to instruct them well. And it's something that we should not take lightly. Because as James goes on to say, the, the reason why we need to be careful with those things is because none of us are immune uh, from the danger of speech. None of us are perfect. We all stumble, right? Including myself. I probably already said something up here today if, <laughs> that, that has maybe offended someone or maybe somebody took it the wrong way. And I pray that that's not the case, but the reality is that I've probably said something up here that has um, been received, uh, but not been received well by someone. And I apologize for that. My, my intention is not to offend anybody or to instruct someone in the wrong way. But the reality is that we all make mistakes, and we do it from a teaching position, but we also do it just in everyday normal speech. We say things we know we shouldn't. Something just slips out before we have the opportunity to, to think it through, right? And so we've all been there. We've all done that. <clears throat> and so none of us are immune to that reality. That's why uh, speech and, and dealing with, with how, we, how we communicate is such a popular topic in the book of Proverbs. Uh, in Proverbs 15.4 it says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. In other words, positive words can bring life and and joy into someone's life, can really build someone up. But when you speak words of of criticism or words or harsh words or evil words, it crushes their spirit. Proverbs 15, 28 says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Again, again, that idea of, of how our speech impacts people, right? A wise person will think through what they say before they say it. But a fool, uh, someone who, who doesn't know what they're doing, they just allow their, you know, their words come out before they have a chance to really think through it. 
That doesn't mean you're a fool all the time. We all find ourselves in that position, but it's a foolish thing to do, of course. You see, the tongue is difficult to control. So, so prone to sin um, that we all succumb to its, its, the, the, the consequence of that sometimes, right? We all struggle with that. It says here that uh, if someone is never at fault in what they say, <coughs> is perfect and they're able to keep their whole body in check. Um, I think James says that because the tongue is so difficult to control. Our speech is such a damaging thing at times that if we're able to to control that, if we're able to to do well and 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 not um, damage other people with our words or not say careless things that get taken out of context, um, it, it shows a, a great amount of self-control and a great amount of spiritual maturity. And so if you're able to do that, there's probably other areas in your life that you're doing well in as also. It's not saying here that if you never say anything bad, you're a perfect person. Of course, there's many other ways to sin besides our speech. But if we're able to control what we say and do it and, and use our speech and our words in a godly way, there's a good chance that we are doing well in other areas of our life also. And so James here describes how, how the tongue in three different ways. The first thing he says is the tongue is powerful. Uh, he uses several different analogies here, and they're things that we can all understand fairly easily and relate to. Excuse me. First of all, he says that the tongue, like I said, the tongue is powerful. There's, uh, he uses examples of small things that exhibit great influence and control over larger things, like the rudder on a ship or a bit in a horse's mouth. Um, they all, those are all small parts of the whole, but yet they exert great influence, Right. The ship will go whatever direction the rudder is, is pointing. A horse can be controlled simply by moving that bit back and forth, right? By tugging on those reins. See, it's just a small part of the whole, but yet it exerts great influence. In the same way, our tongue, our speech has a great impact on our own lives as well as the lives of those around us. What we say and how we say it can make a great impact on the direction of our lives. And it can even make an enormous impact on our spiritual condition as well. So we'll get to that in just a moment. And so in verse 5a, he talks about how the tongue is powerful. It can make great boasts. And we can say that because the tongue does wield a considerable amount of impact and power in our own lives and in the lives of others. There's no denying that. But the question is, what I want to pose to you today is, will you allow it to be used for evil or for good? I think there's no denying the impact that our speech can have on other people. But we have the choice, I believe, by God's help in our lives to allow that to be either a positive impact or a negative impact, right? And so how are you going to allow your speech to impact your own life and the lives of others? We can either build each other up or tear each other down. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 Paul writes, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. I think that's the key there. It says, don't let any corrupting talk, don't let talk that could tear each other down come out of your mouths, but only allow what's good for building each other up. Excuse me. So how, excuse me, so how do we build each other up? Excuse me. Um, first of all, we need to learn to disagree in a loving and grace-filled way. 
<laughs> Sorry. I said pray for me. <laughs> um, <coughs> so much of so much of what we do, um, we're not going to agree with other people about, right? We're not always going to agree with them, but we don't have to let that devolve into hate and to call name calling things like that. I think this is such a problem in our world today. We've lost the idea that we can disagree and still love someone. And that's such an important thing to hold on to. We need to encourage each other with loving and kind words and pray for each other. Those are all ways that our words can build each other up. Um... So our tongue is powerful. It can be both a positive influence or a destructive influence. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't know if I can go on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just want to go over a couple bullet points here because I don't know how much longer my voice is going to hold up. <coughs> Excuse me, and then I'm going to ask Dylan to come forward and, and close us with a song. Um, but so the tongue is powerful, but it's also hard to control. We've learned to control many things in this world, but yet we still struggle with our speech, right? We struggle with that, and and that's true. I think even more so today with the advancement of technology. Look at social media and the internet, and just the the hate that is out there so often about things that don't even really matter that much, but yet we just, we just use that platform and our, and our words just do so much damage. And so we've made so many advancements, but yet we still struggle with that. And we can't, uh, and, and we shouldn't also use our tongue to pray, both praise God and curse men. It's incompatible. If we claim to follow Christ and we, we gather together and worship Him and sing His praises, the last thing we should do is then turn around and use their words to then curse others and tear each other down. And I think that's the most important thing to remember here in this passage. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we're called to worship God and bless Him and praise Him. And if we do that, while at the same time and in the same breath, you know, tearing each other down, it's just incompatible. It doesn't work. And it's... When we do that, it's showing us the real state of our hearts. And when I talk about cursing other people, I'm not talking about using certain four-letter words. That may be a part of it. There's, there's times when, when certain words are obviously not appropriate for conversation. But so often that's a cultural thing and that changes over time. But what, what James is talking about here is destructive and harmful speech. I can be... I could tear someone down using the nicest, most polite words that I can think of and do even more damage than any four-letter word ever could. And so what we need to keep in mind here is when we talk about cursing and, and the power of words, we're not talking about certain curse words or cuss words. We're talking about, about using our speech excuse me, to tear each other down when instead we should be using it to build each other up. Dylan, would you mind? Thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are God and that you have a message for us even when it's hard to communicate. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for all you do. In Christ we pray. Amen.
And now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us by his grace, gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Go in peace.